we have those times in history where we can, we can remember where we were when, right? Uh, I, I, can remember, uh, I can remember where I was when, uh, when those faithful words were uttered, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Anybody else with me? Okay. There's some of you in the house that you weren't born then. We don't want to hear it. Right? Uh, I, I, can remember, I can remember where I was when the space shuttle exploded. I can also uh, remember seeing on television uh, an airplane hitting the Twin Towers. There are those moments in history, right? And we find ourselves at a fascinating time here in 2020 as we have both the, the COVID crisis and then also significant energy to the very real issue of Black Lives Matter. And so uh, in, in this time, in this, in this truly unprecedented and historic uh, season that we find ourselves in as a church, God continues to just pour out his Holy Spirit upon Calvary. And uh, I wanna say to this church, God has you in the hollow of his hand. And I also, I also wanna say thank you so much for your faithfulness. Uh, quick, quick update. Uh, we met, the elders met yesterday. Uh, we are uh, meeting uh, at least on a weekly basis as we navigate the journey to, to discerning God's will regarding who the next lead pastor at Calvary will be. And uh, I want you to know this, that we are making great progress. Uh, in fact, uh, this week, a one candidate will be uh, we'll, we'll meet with the elders. Uh, next Wednesday, another candidate will meet with the elders. Both of those candidates are people who are currently uh, serving as part of the pastoral team. Uh, and uh, and the, the, fact that, the fact that the elders are already meeting with candidates, I know for you, it might seem like, boy, this, this is kind of slow and we're not hearing anything. Typically, a church this size, when it goes through a pastoral transition, from the time that the lead pastor has his last Sunday uh, until a new pastor is announced, is typically eight months to a year. So, first of all, we haven't had my last Sunday yet. I'm still here. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not dead. So, um, in fact, um, I, I was joking to one of my neighbors yesterday uh, here, here in Orlando uh, that we, uh, we actually showed up for proof of life. That, that's the reason why we're in Orlando this weekend where people knew that we were still alive. Uh, but um, but e- even, even from the time of the announcement until the, the likely, not that we want to put any pressure on God on his timetable, but I will tell you that his, based on what is typical, um, that the, the process here at Calvary will likely go very quickly. Uh, but uh, what we don't want to do is this, is we don't want to be in a rush. God's word says that we are to be anxious for nothing, right? But in everything through prayer and petition, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Here's the big thing that I want you to know. I want you to know this. The leadership team at Calvary is exceptional. Both the pastoral team that we have, this church is in very good hands. The support staff that we have that is paid, I'm telling you, you've got the best in the nation. And, and then uh, the lay leadership that we have, the volunteer team that we have, incredible people. Uh, and so from the elders to the finance council to the various people that oversee uh, ministries in a, in a, in a volunteer uh, in, on a volunteer status, 
Um, we are blessed here at Calvary. And so, um, so God is still doing good things. Uh, things are progressing along at a, at, a very, uh, at a very rapid pace. And here's what I will tell you. If you have questions about what's going on, not just in the pastoral selection process, but if you have, if you have questions about what's going on at Calvary, here's what you're going to find. A lot of churches operate, I don't know why, but a lot of churches will operate as secretive societies. And we're not about that. Jesus lived his life with nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and nothing to hide. Uh, and that's the reason why uh, here at Calvary, quite honestly, uh, we'll, we'll share with you everything that we can. Uh, there are some things that are confidential matters that, uh, that we won't share. Uh, and so if you've got a question about anything, you know, grab one of the pastors. Uh, don't grab them in the season of social distancing, okay? So from a safe distance, go, hey, you, um, talk, to, uh, talk to one of the elders and uh, here's what you're going to find. They're, they'll be, they'll be, be very open about what's going on. And they'll also, they'll probably, leave, probably send you away with a homework assignment. Uh, and that is they'll give you some specific things to pray about. Because God works. God moves when his people pray. Amen? Let me try that again. God works, God moves when people pray. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. God, we do thank you for your word today. We ask that you'd make it a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. God, we pray that you, would, that you would help us to hide your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. We commit this time to you and we thank you for it. In the precious and the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are, we are in this series called Flight Plan. Flight Plan. They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah says. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. I believe this. I believe that life is not meant to be endured. I believe that life is meant to be enjoyed. I believe that God has not called you simply to, to survive, but God has called you to live a life that is abundant, that he's, call, he's called you to live a life that is above the clouds of adversity, that, uh, that he's called you to live a life above the storms of challenge. God has called us truly to soar. But how does that happen? Well, Isaiah gives it to us. Those that wait upon the Lord, that word there in the original language that Isaiah wrote, that word there, it didn't simply mean to stand idly by. It means that to be connected with, to be bound with, to be comfortable with God's timing. That's not always easy. It's not always easy to be comfortable with God's timing because there are moments that the space between a promise and the fulfillment of that promise seem like it's a breath. But then there are also those moments where from the promise to the fulfillment of the promise, it seems like a lifetime. Abram was promised that he would be the father of many nations. 90 years 90 years and still no son. Noah is told that God's going to use him to see creation spared as the result of a flood. And he begins to build this ginormous boat 120 years. Oh, we can go story after story. Joseph, as a young man, has a dream. We don't know how long from the time that he 
has the dream to the fulfillment of the dream. But we do know this along the way. He sold them to slavery. Beaten up by his brothers. Serves time in prison. We don't know how long he serves in prison. We do know this. After one encounter that he has in prison, he's in prison for an additional two years. Oh, make no mistake. There's often a delay between God's promise and the fulfillment of that promise. And if we're not careful, what can happen is that delay, it can adversely affect us. Tomorrow afternoon, Jody and I will head to MCO, and we have a flight from Orlando to Dallas, and then Dallas to Springfield. You know, there's a decent chance that one of those two flights will be delayed. I know that because I know what tomorrow's weather forecast is. And you know, here is my here is my hope. My hope is this, is that tomorrow's travel is without delay. But I'll tell you what I would prefer. I would prefer the airline to make the decision to delay my flight than to put me in a plane that won't get me home. Let me say that again. I would prefer for the airline to make the decision to delay my flight than to put me on a plane that won't get me home. I would prefer that my heavenly father cause there to be a pause between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise than for me to be on a journey that doesn't get me home. Because that's what God is all about. See, he's prepared a place for you. And what he's concerned about for each and every one of us is not just what's happening in the moment, but even more so, what it looks like in the ultimate destiny. And so most of the delays that you're going to experience in life, because the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord, most of the delays that you're going to experience in life, make no mistake, friend, they are delays by design. And you sit here this morning and, and you're frustrated because the promotion hasn't come through on the job. You're watching today and you find yourself really discouraged because you've been, you've been waiting for that child and it, and it doesn't seem to be happening. You're here this morning and You've asked God for healing. In fact, prophetically, a healing has been spoken over you. And yet every trip to the doctor continues to bring negative news. And it's easy in that moment, isn't it, to go, God, where's your promise? And where's the fulfillment of that promise? Well, God has caused you to be here today. God has directed you to connect today, to tune in today, because he wants you to know this. He wants you to know that his hand is not short, his ear is not deaf, and he's not turned his eye away from you. And that delay that you're experiencing, that delay is by design. And so it, it's important that we understand that and that we, that we embrace that. There's always a delay. 
David was anointed king, but he didn't become king immediately. In fact, not only did David not become king immediately, he spent years being chased around Israel by the, by the current king with his life at risk. That didn't seem like the disposition or the, the game plan for somebody who was anointed to be king. They have to be dodging spears all the time. Probably the, probably the, the greatest example of this, the classic example of this one that, that we can relate to, it's the story of the children of Israel that we find in Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's, it's the story of God's children brought out of Egypt and then they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years before they go into the promised land. If, if, you, were to, if you were to make that journey, it's truthfully, uh, even on foot, it's only about a two-week journey from where they were in captivity to where they would step into the promised land. It's a two-week journey. So why? why? Why did they wander in the wilderness for 40 years? And when we look at how they responded, there's really some great lessons for us. Some powerful understanding that can keep us maybe from experiencing some of the negative that they experienced. In fact, in understanding some of the negative that we experience and going, okay, God, I want to, starting Father's Day 2020, I want to I change the way that I approach these delays that happen in my life. Here's what it tells us. It tells us this, that in Exodus 13, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them directly, though that was shorter, though that way was shorter, because God said this, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So we see this, even from the beginning, God did not take them on a direct route. God took them on a delayed path and he did this for a reason. There was intentionality about, about the delay. So wh why does this happen? Why, why does God allow delay to come into our life? Well, he does it for a number of reasons. One of the reasons that God causes us to be in a place of, of delay is he, is he, he does it to, to protect us. He does it to protect us. God will, God will cause delays to happen in our life to keep us from stepping into scenarios that could either bring us, bring us harm or that will bring us discouragement. Now, I want you to notice that when it, when it tells us, when it tells us in, in Exodus 13 that God did not lead them directly, it wasn't because the Philistines were an adversary that God could not defeat. But here's what God knew. God knew that the children of Israel at this moment, that their faith wasn't at a point where when they saw the Philistine army, that they would have the courage to stand up to the Philistine army. Now, if God is with them, do they have everything that they need to be more than conquerors? Absolutely. Is there any question that if God is with them going into battle against the Philistines, that they're gonna be victorious? No question. They will absolutely be victorious. 
God understands, though, even with he being the omnipotent God that he is, that the Israelites are still at a place where their faith isn't strong. They're still at a place where their spiritual disposition is a bit uneasy, right? It's fragile. And, and we all can relate to that. Even though, listen, even though the children of Israel have has seen God deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh, right? And they've, they've gone across the Red Sea as on dry land. They've made it to the other side. And they've, saw, uh, they've seen the same sea collapse in on Pharaoh and his invading army, his advancing army. Even though they have seen this, while that does give boost to their faith, and while it, 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 it would energize their courage, they have spent years in captivity. They have, they have lived generations in bondage. And, and those years of captivity and those generations of bondage, it's taken their toll. Now, to some degree, we can understand and appreciate that and, and maybe even on some level relate to it when we find ourselves dealing with a, a long-term challenge it can it can erode our faith can't it when, when you find yourself in in the midst of a long-term economic struggle it, it can it can it can kind of erode and, and kind of eat away at the bedrock of our faith when you find yourself dealing with a, a physical challenge, when you're, when you're navigating a, a relationship that's, that's gone sideways or, or, or maybe ex just even exploded on you, and you're trying to, trying to figure out how to connect with that wayward child, it, it, begins, to, it begins to erode our faith. And so... So the children of Israel, even though they, even though they knew the promises of God, even, even though it likely would have been their routine, even the whole time they're in Egypt, to study the promises of God and, and, to, and to look for and to believe for the fact that a deliverer is going to come. In, in that moment when Moses steps on the scene, this is a... This is a massive shift for them. And so the reason that a, a two-week journey becomes a 40-year journey is because they're simply not ready. And all things do work together for good. God has ordered your steps, and he knows that sometimes he's got to take you on a on a, on a process that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna grow you. That it's going to protect you and prepare you. God also uses delays to test us. God uses delays to test us. And I will, I will offer this to you. That if indeed tomorrow afternoon I get to the Orlando airport and there's a delay on my flight, that delay will likely be to protect me. It will also test me.
right? Especially the longer the delay, the greater the test. What, what, what are they doing? Especially if you find yourself flying and the airline uses this term. I always love this term that the airline uses. Um, I'm sorry, uh, but your flight is delayed for unscheduled maintenance. There's anyone here in the airline industry that can explain unscheduled maintenance to me? Uh, that would be, I'm telling you, like that would be, that would be just a breakthrough for me. Like it would change my life. And I will tell you, sometimes when I find myself in that situation, sometimes the test will reveal aspects of who I am, aspects of my character, aspects of my spiritual fruit or lack thereof that are quite telling. And so there are these moments, the children of Israel face it, right? When, when the 12 spies are sent into the promised land to, 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 to check things out, it's that moment where they are tested. Sometimes the delays, sometimes we pass those tests. Sometimes not so much. It's, it's in, those, it's in the mo- those moments when the Israelites, when they failed to pass those tests, uh, that, we, that we actually, that we learn a lot. So I want to I look this morning at, at four moments in which the children of Israel, that they didn't do so well in the delays and, and, and how it affected them. And the understanding of, of we, we don't have to follow the same pattern. So what do I do when I find myself in those moments of delay? How do I, how do I deal with it? Well, the first is this, is I, I need to be careful that I don't become overcome with frustration. That I don't allow the fact that what I thought was going to happen and the, and the timetable upon which I thought something was going to happen and that shift, I can't allow myself to be overcome by frustration. Now, understand this, friend. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't allow yourself to become frustrated. I think it's an impossibility to not become frustrated. In that moment where I have more questions than answers, when I find myself in that situation where I've got an idea or a plan, and all of a sudden, that plan is, has to be shifted because of the decisions of others and oftentimes the unexplained decisions of others. Can I offer you that frustration is inevitable? If you find yourselves sitting in an airport and they announce your flight is going to be delayed for an indefinite amount of period. If that causes you to go, oh great, more time to play solitaire on my phone. You might want to consider medication, I'm just saying. Right? Frustration is a, it's a, it's a, it is a natural response when, when our plan is impacted. The, here's the Here's the lesson that needs to be learned. That while frustration is going to be a natural response, do we allow ourselves to be overcome by that? Do we give in to the frustration? That's what the children of Israel, notice this. It says this in Numbers 14, Numbers 14 2, it says that all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. 
So not only were they frustrated, but they allowed their frustration to have a voice and they allowed it to become that which identified the day. And, and friends, if we anticipate the delay and we know that the frustration is going to come our way, doesn't it make sense that we have a, a game plan or a strategy to respond to the frustration uh, in, in advance? And, and not allow ourselves to become over come with the frustration because if listen if we allow ourselves to become overcome with the frustration what it will do is it will naturally follow with discouragement or 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 let me let me do this that way I can that way I can have all of my points today uh, have f in them it, it causes us to faint right the bible says this it says that you will reap a harvest if you faint not if you don't allow yourself to be de-energized. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and then the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. See, when we, when we go through the delays in life, we can't allow ourselves to become discouraged. We can't allow ourselves to lose heart. We can't allow ourselves to give up. That's what the Israelites did, and it kept them out of the promised land. All the Israelites, they grumbled against Moses. If only we had died in Egypt, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. What did they do in that moment? They gave up on their dream. They went from being frustrated, irritated, to giving up on their dream. And so you're sitting on your couch right now and and life isn't going the way that you thought it would, and, and your schedule isn't working out the way that you had laid it out. And, and you, you, you still have this, this God tug that's tugging at you, and it's the reason why you tuned in today. But if you were to be honest, you've, you've given up on your dream. And God, is, God has called you. He's position you today to tune in, to say prophetically to you that you've, you've got to reconnect with that dream that God put in your heart and recognize just because life isn't going on the schedule that you predetermined, it doesn't mean that God doesn't still have you in the hollow of his hand. And yes, he does know the plans that he has for you. And it's plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. So grab, grab hold of God's promises and, and trust his timetable. Don't, don't allow the frustration over it not functioning on the time that you think it should function to cause you to become discouraged and to faint. God's timing is always the best. It's, it's in those moments that frustration is not responded to ideally. That discouragement will then push us away 
from the promises of God. We forget what he has spoken over us as his children. We, we forget what's been communicated to us personally, prophetically. That's what it says in Numbers 14.3. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Isn't that Interesting. They've heard generation after generation after generation about the promises of God, about the power of God, about the plan of God. And they they have finally reached that moment where God has sent them a deliverer. God has miraculously brought them out of the bondage of Pharaoh through the Red Sea on dry land. And now God is feeding them every day manna that's coming from heaven. They have a pillar of fire that's over them every night. They have a pillar of cloud that's over them every day. And yet in the midst of that, because the timetable isn't working the way that they think it should work, frustration has moved them to a point of discouragement, so much so that they're abandoning abandoning the promises of God. Oh, let me pause and say this. It's easy in the moment for me to look at this and be critical of the Israelites and go, why don't they get it? And yet, if I were to step back and evaluate my own life, can I tell you far too often that we have time to talk about today or I'm comfortable in admitting I have allowed the frustration of the moment to cause me to become discouraged and lose sight of God's promises. And this is what I know. I know this. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. In fact, a number of us, we're at that place today where we're actually looking for hope because frustration has taken us to a really unhealthy place. Frustration has a voice. Frustration has a voice, and it has a way of it has a way of wooing us and drawing us to a place that leads to all kinds of unhealthy, ungodly thought and activity. Pastor, my my business, God. God spoke to me. I know what he spoke to me about launching this business. And yet, where I'm at today, it, it's, it's as if God has completely abandoned me. Friend, when you go through the deep water, it will not overtake you. When you go through the fire, you will not be consumed. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I want you to do something. If you find yourself here today and, and you, are, you are frustrated and that frustration has led you to some discouragement, so much so that, that it's, you're finding it difficult to connect with the promises of God, here's what I want you to do. I want you to check. Do you still have a pulse? Do you still have a pulse? By the way, if you're not sure, you, you do. Let you know. Let's fill you in on that one. 
And if you still have a pulse, you know what that means? It means that God's not done with you yet. It means that he's still providing for you. He's still protecting you. He's still guiding you. And if we're not careful, what happens is this. That frustration that that pulls us towards discouragement and then causes us to forget the promises of God, the over 7,000 promises in the Word of God. Where Where we find ourselves, where we end up, is we end up at a place where our life is being controlled not by faith, it's being controlled by fear. That's where the children of Israel, that's where they find themselves. Look, that's what it tells, number 14, 9. The response to them, do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid. God tells them, don't be afraid. The sad thing is this, an entire generation, listen, an entire generation of Israelites are going to die in the wilderness. They're going to die short of the promised land because they allowed the frustration of the moment to move them to discouragement so much so that they forgot about the promises of God and instead they gave in to their fear. It it would simply be a footnote if this were the only time in history that this has happened to the followers of God. But friends, we can go over and over and over and over again throughout history where God's people and where the church has gotten sidetracked because of a delay. Oh, they received a promise and then there was a a delay between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise and it it brought them to a place of, of frustration led to discouragement and all of a sudden the promises of God are forgotten and instead of moving forward in faith instead of stepping into victory we allow ourselves to be paralyzed by fear God has a better way God has a better plan. And what we have to do is this, is we have to trust him. We have to trust him. That his timing is the best. That's a reason why when Paul wrote to the church of Philippi and, 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 and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, prophetically to us, he says in Philippians 4, Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, do this. How about you rejoice in the Lord always? I'll say it again, rejoice. The the Lord is near. Let, Let your gentleness be evident to all. How about we do this? How about we we give it all to Jesus? Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we present our request to God. Because when we do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard both our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. You have a promise. 
Sometimes there's a pause between the promise and the prize. What you do with the pause will be a huge determiner in the degree of victory you walk in as a child of God. So God brought you here to tell you that there's a purpose in the pause, that when you're delayed, you're delayed by design because he has ordered your steps. Sometimes that delay is to protect you. Sometimes that delay is to prepare you. Sometimes that delay is to test you. But God's always using it. Trust him. Trust trust his timing. As I was was preparing for this message, I, I had this thought that popped into my mind. As a, as a pastor, as a man of God, I'm so, so very thankful that I connected to a church family that believes in and experiences on a regular, on a regular basis the power of God. We are, make no mistake, we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We want to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. But in Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells his disciples to wait. To wait. Now, here's what he does. He tells them to wait. And then something extraordinary happens. Jesus tells them to wait. And then before their very eyes, he ascends into the clouds. This culmination of all that they've experienced, right? In in this three-year journey that they have with Jesus. Come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Take these these fish and this bread and, and distribute it. And watch how we're going to take one little boy's lunch and feed thousands. Oh, you, you, can't, you can't cast a demon out of this boy? In the name of Jesus, come out. Where are your accusers? I don't accuse you either. Right? They experience all of this. They see Jesus taken away in the garden. They see him nailed to the cross. And then Jesus comes and says, I want, I want you to Put, put your hand and in, 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 feel my nail-pierced nail hands. They see a resurrected Jesus. And then he says to them, I don't want you to do anything. I want you to wait. Wait. And then he ascends. I don't know where you would be in that moment, but for me in that moment, there would be a strong temptation that I would want to tell people about that. I'd want to get after it, okay? This is pretty amazing. But he tells them, he says, I want you to wait. 
I don't want you to do anything. I want you to wait until you receive the promise. What would the church look like today had the 120 refused to wait and trust God's timing? What would the church look like today had we missed out on Pentecost? On a personal level, I I wonder how many times I've short-circuited God's incredible plan for my life because I was unwilling to wait. And I got tripped up by the delay. And you know what, I, I have the same concern for you. God has brought you here this morning to say to you, your life will have a series of delays and those delays are by design. And they happen to protect you, to prepare you, to test you. And in those moments, don't get sucked into the frustration that will lead you to discouragement. Take you down a pathway where you forget the promises of God and ultimately you're paralyzed by fear. Instead, let's do this. Let's trust in the Lord with all our heart. Let's wait upon the Lord because if we wait upon the Lord, we will renew our strength and we will mount up with wings like eagles. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, that you have a perfect timetable for my life. I thank you, God, that you have a perfect timetable for this church. And I thank you, God, that you have a perfect timetable for each and every one of us that you've brought together this morning to hear this, your word, for the body today. And God, we confess to you at times we are, we're overtaken by our frustration that, that brings us to a place of discouragement and we abandon your promises and give in to fear. But God, today we come to you with this understanding And we ask that you would wonderfully reposition us, allow us to see the delays in our life the way that you see them. And God, give us the courage to stay with you and to hold fast to you in our head and in our heart until such time you choose to pull us from delay into what you have for us. God, we thank you for the promise. We thank you for the prize. And today, we even thank you for the pause. And we give it, we give the delay, we give the pause to you. Won't you order our steps? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.